You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Good morning, Michael. Andre, it's nice to hear you. We're 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 recording on a very very snowy Tuesday. I think I think it's Tuesday. I have no <laughs> idea what day is it anymore. Yeah, it is Tuesday, and uh, yeah, I guess we're at that point in the pandemic. Uh, I guess we'll be re- we usually we recorded these in the evenings, but we've had some changes to my schedule. I managed to survive the. Bell Media bloodbath that took place a couple of weeks ago, but that means that my uh, work schedule is changing. So uh, we'll be doing more morning podcasts. We will, we will, which brings us to the quote from our uh, from our guest today that I absolutely loved. He said, "Are you really willing to to taste ten wines uh, before ten o'clock?" And while that is true, we would. Uh, we're going to do a few, but we're going to talk to him about a few other things. This morning, we're talking to Adnan Isel of iSellers. First time on the podcast, Adnan, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Michael, Andre. Very good, very good. I'm watching the snow still snowing <laughs> outside and staying home in Oakville. Didn't venture out uh, to the winery and we're close today. I told uh, my employees, stay home, work from home. They cheered on this decision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is is Simba at home too or does he stay at the winery to uh keep things yeah. started? Yeah, Simba is home actually. Uh he's taking a walk with Elif, uh, my wife, uh because uh he would be staying under my uh chair and uh, sometimes barking. So Elif took him outside for a walking, <laughs> nice snow walking. And he would be here in 45 minutes or so. But his constant... dog barks constantly during the podcast. So <laughs> they probably end would, up just barking uh, at each other. Him. Yeah. It, actually, he barks to take me out with them uh, because he loves to walk all three of us. Uh, I don't know why he loves that. So he wants a full family with him, uh, maybe. So, so Adnan, the- you came up with this really neat uh, idea over the pandemic to get people to taste wine. Um, what was the impetus to have these little mini bottles? Yeah, uh, so you, you sort of buried the 2000- lead. Sorry, Michael, you sort of buried the lead there. You said that he came up with something and then didn't describe it. So what iSellers has been doing is putting images of uh tasting vials of their wines um and it comes in a beautiful box i'll make sure i take a picture of it for the description on this podcast that has the iSellers logo in the minute in the middle of it it's a mix of the reds the whites and the ice wine currently made by the winery and um it comes in 50 milliliter bottles so now that we've described it and then you can tell us like i guess how it all came to be yeah uh you know, uh, last year was really uh, tough for any winery, any Ontario winery, or any world winery, because uh, we had to do our tasting outside. We were not allowed to do inside tastings. And if you remember, our patio was very small. Uh, like, And if you put two meters between the tables, we had only five tables, three, four people can sit onto each table. So very, very limited capacity. And uh, so we saw that, um, like August, September or so, uh, we saw that uh, the second wave would be coming and uh, it would be even 
uh, worse than the first one, the March, April one. Uh, so we, we thought about, uh, yeah, if we need to, if you're forced to close the uh, winery and tasting, we should find a way to reach to our customers, to our people, because the winemaking is still going on. Uh, you're aging wine, you're bottling wine, uh, the vineyard is going on full speed. Nothing stops it in the production side and both uh, outside and inside. And we had so many new bottlings we want to share with people, but nobody can make it like uh, last, since last December. Uh, so we started looking on the ways of, um, and we, we of course saw that uh, virtual tastings are a big thing, but uh, the uh, the problem with the virtual tasting with full bottles, uh, full 750 uh, bottles is, you're limited to number of bottles, uh, like say three, four bottles, and uh, you're opening four bottles. If you're a, a one person or a couple, it's too much wine and too less wine. I mean, uh, 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 different wines, I mean, uh, like three, four wines. So we came up with the uh, idea. I, I started looking on a small bottles, uh, sourcing small bottles and, uh, uh, we found these bottles in uh, at a, a distillery. Uh, so I went to first suppliers or uh, the manufacturers. They said the minimum order is 100,000 uh, units, and that's too, mu- too much for us. Uh, so I found in an Oakville distillery uh, through our industry friends uh, that they had excess uh, bottles they ordered for their uh, uh, mini liquor sets, uh, so we purchased that, and uh, I invested a little bit uh, on the uh, bottling line, uh, like another two thousand bucks. Uh, on uh, because what we did on this is uh, everything was bottled early, especially the old wind, like seventeen Pinot Noir, seventeen uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, everything previously bottled in regular size bottles. So what we are doing is opening those bottles, uncorking them. Uh, I, I, I smell and take a sip on each bottle just to make sure everything is uh, uh, nice. And uh, with a, a small attachment, we use argon gas, of course, uh, to get the freshness and like a Coravin system, but it's a little bit uh, custom made for, uh, we designed the system. Um, so uh, we're taking safely the wine from the uh, 750 and filling about 12 mini bottles uh, from each uh, bottle. Uh, we started uh, with one kind for uh, first, uh, a craft uh, color box, uh, a variety of uh, one. And we were hoping that if we could sell like 50, 60 sets uh, around Christmas time, because it was a perfect gift idea at that time. Uh, it was. Then uh, that everything exploded after that. Uh, so we're now up to uh, three different sets. Uh, one, uh, I would say, uh, a more modest price, uh, $50, 10 wine, uh, what I, we call wine sam- sampler. Um, the wines are there is about between $25 to $50 uh, range. And uh, the amount of wine, if you, if you were to buy those 
uh, 10 wines in full bottles around four hundred dollars uh, and we we made uh, the uh, premium box which uh, we are tasting today uh, which have uh, has higher end wines in it and i think the cost of the uh, bottles if you buy uh, separately full bottles is around seven hundred dollars uh, and we had that we have a third uh, set, uh, which is an uh, interesting idea, uh, a vertical pack, uh, what we call two wines, uh, two are, uh, of our blends, Arina and Vienna Wanda, and has uh, five uh, uh, consecutive uh, vintages of those two wines, again, 10, ten bottles from 2014, which was our first vintage, and ending up 2018, which uh, is the last uh, in the bottle. We have the 19 and 20s in barrels, but uh, maybe that's another <laughs> project, maybe barrel samples uh, uh, in the future. But this idea is uh, as, uh, gaining so much traction uh, with people because it has some uh, merits in it. Do I talk too much? Do you want to ask something? No, no, we're, we're good. We're, we like <laughs> listening to, to what you have to say no, about it's this. it's a good story. And uh, the, the, the lifespan in these bottles isn't very long, though, is it? Actually, uh, I the first bottling I made was uh, December uh, third or fourth, and I'm still keeping a few bottles, uh, from then, I'm constantly opening uh, some of this. It's almost two and a half months. It's still very fresh. And if you notice, um, these are written as 50 milliliters, but um, the 50 milliliter mark is just above the neck. And we're filling it up to the top. Uh, if you see that, um, that was our uh, uh, consultant winemaker's uh, idea that let's fill it to the top. So less headspace, less oxygen there. Uh, so a longer, so, so a longer lifespan longer. within the bottle because it's basically you know almost sealed. Looking at it, exactly. Uh, I just, and, and, and I just opened the, the the Pinot, and I can see that it's it's right to the top there. You're getting a, a full full bottle pour. I could go even higher, but uh, you know the wine uh, called an uh, expanse, right? Yes. You could expand. You need some a little bit uh, tiny air space there uh, for the expansion of that. So we're leaving uh, maybe half a centimeter uh, there on the top on purpose. And we're even spurting some uh, argon gas on the top because uh, argon is heavier than air. Uh, it's, uh, like the same gas used in Coravin. Uh, we have the big tanks of that. Uh, so Andre, so, before, we, before we go on with the next question to, uh, to Adnan, have you uh, opened the Pinot Noir? I did open the, the Pinot Noir, and um, you asked the question about how long these last, because Adnan, when you sent the package to us, you said that we need to take care of this and, and, and talk to you and taste the wines within two weeks. So I think Michael and I, we well, obviously we wanted to taste through the wines as quickly and efficiently as as possible, but yeah. we, had a, we, had a, we had a timeline on yeah. this. So like, what was the... like? It sounds like you've said that they hold a little bit longer, and I guess... As the owner of a winery where the focus of your wines are higher-end wines, premium wines that come with a premium price tag, you want them to show as good as possible. Is it just that you haven't had enough experience with these bottles that you're afraid yeah. what might happen during the longer term? 
Yep, that's that's correct. Uh, and I want to represent uh, as close as possible what's in the bottle. So if you, I mean, uh, wait a little bit longer, the wine might uh, go a little bit different, even in a worse way or a good, uh, good way. Uh, so I want to represent exactly what is in the bottle. So I suggest uh, to open as soon as possible. But for lifespan, I would say a month, maybe two months. Uh, still can be enjoyable, but if you want, to, if this is a purchasing decision for a, for someone, uh, I want to represent uh, the closest uh, wine. Uh, that's what's in the regular bottle. So, and uh, the, another thing, we do do not stock uh, inventory on this. So uh, almost uh, twice a week uh, we bottle these and. Uh, Everything is gone uh, same day or next day maximum. So there is no wait time at the winery for that. So mostly I'm guessing 90% of the, these bottlings are consumed uh, within a week. Uh, so which is uh, we, we prefer, uh, which uh, uh, we prefer. And uh, yeah, this is uh, working nicely and we're, we're shipping out everywhere in Canada from Vancouver to Nova Scotia to Quebec, everywhere. Uh, and people is doing uh, virtual tasting with these sets. Now, with so, a lot of people who've been buying these little bottles, and, and uh, you know, I guess maybe we should taste the first wine before I ask my question. Michael? Go ahead, Andre. I see you just opened the Pinot. Yeah, it smells great. Like no. P- Pinot, or, Pinot's sorry, great. cherry, dark cherry, uh, violet notes. The, the, the tannin does smell a little heavy. Like it's got the, uh, th- this is, um, is your Pinot. Let's take a look here. Okay. So yes, Ni- Niagara on the lakes. It's got a little bit more earthiness and, and muscle to it than some of the uh, bench Pinots. Yeah. it's It's got a little more grip, a little more tannin to it, but uh, the fruit is there. And uh, <clears throat> this is going to, this is going to age quite well, I think, because the fruit is definitely there. And 17 was one of those years that uh, that you could, uh, well, you did ripen Pinot very slowly, if not a little bit later in the season. Well, in 2017, it was it was that weird, the miracle vintage as well, right? It's, it's... Yeah, Adam, you once told me a, a fun little story about your about your Pinot in 2017. I think in, uh, you, you told me about the BRICS levels. Yep. Yeah, uh, you remember you came to the wine like, at end, end, end of August or so yeah. in 2017, uh, yeah, yeah we, we, we were chatting with you in the, uh, in the vineyard and uh, I was so worried because the summer had been so wet and cool and uh, I thought that another uh, 2014 uh, vintage is coming. Uh, but right after you leave, uh, the next two months, as you know, September, October, uh, best September, October I've ever seen in eight, nine years of my vintages here. Uh, no rain, 30 degrees Celsius. And uh, and this Pinot we picked at 24.6 bricks. Uh, this is from our vineyard, by the way, uh, our own fruit. Uh, very, very ripe. And uh, also we had a relatively good uh, quantity of grapes that year 17 and i would say for every every variety on that year uh, 
Chardonnay was excellent. Cabernet Sauvignon was excellent. Uh, Merlot was excellent. And if you ask me, pick a, uh, pick a, pick the most favorite vintage out of the last 10 years. Uh, nah, nah. We have the 2020s now, but I would pick 70, uh, 2017 uh, for that. It, it's still strange to me, like just how good the wines are from 2017 across the board, because that was the first year we made um, rosé. And I remember when our fruit arrived on the crush pad. I, I don't think there's anyone who would dispute that it was a challenging vintage. So, uh, yeah, this is really, really, really well, really well done. Um, when did you harvest this Pinot? Uh, no, uh, I need to look. Uh... I'm generally harvesting quite late, uh, two, three weeks than other uh, area wineries. So I'm logging into my, uh, just bear with me. Uh, in a week, we harvested you around September the... 25th for our rosé. And I know we ended up with quite a bit less alcohol than, than you did. So our bricks were definitely lower. So it says, uh, actually, it's not that late, uh, September 29th. Okay, so four days after us. Interesting. Yeah. I guess that's just the difference between uh, the bench and uh, Niagara. Yeah. And he was also making a red wine, not a not a rosé. Um, Adnan, the, the bottling, did you have, to, you must have had to change your bottling line or these can't be done by hand. You've got to tell yeah. me how this, this is done. The small bottles, yeah, uh, mostly by hand. Uh, we cannot use our... Uh, regular bottling line we use on 750s. Uh, I wish I could use that, but these are so tiny. Uh, doesn't fit to their uh, conveyor belt or anything. So I purchased a, um, like uh, it has a hose going into the, uh, into the uh, bottle, uh, 750 bottle, and it's pumping the wine out uh, without any air uh, uh, touching into the wine. And yeah, basically, I would say by hand. Uh, so we're filling by hand and then applying the label by hand, putting the uh, cap by hand uh, and the sleeve on the top for uh, tamper-proof uh, by hand. Everything is done by, by hand. And in a day, we can maximum produce 40, 50 uh, boxes uh, with our current setup. I mean, it's, it cannot be turned to a mass production. Um, I don't know. You have to maybe buy a special bottling line for this, but I don't want to. Nobody will invest on that, hundreds of thousands of dollars onto that. Uh, so far, um, we are, uh, I mean, we are catching the demand roughly, uh, but if it increases more, uh, we have to put some uh, measures. I mean, uh, put more stuff onto this uh, now, and you will you will not believe. But this is these sets are number one selling uh, product at the winery for the last two months. Has the demand been pretty steady for them, or has it gone kind of up and down? I know we just finished the Christmas season, so. Yeah, it's constantly going up uh, because more people is learning about this. And uh, we're, yeah, we're making more and selling more of it every passing week. Wow. I, I guess the, the question I have, though, is, is I mean, these little tasting bottles are, are, are fine. I mean, it's really 
awesome to really get a taste of the winery, but do you have a lot of people who are calling back after they get the tasting bottles and ordering some of the wines that are in there? Yep, that's true. The main purpose of this program for us to sell regular wines. So we we need to make money, right? That's uh, that's the whole idea. So uh, we're hoping that they will enjoy, and uh, we put a small card into that uh, with the uh, with prices of the uh, full bottles, and maybe people can take notes. Oh, I like this Sauvignon Blanc. Let's let's get this put put a four star or five star, whatever. Uh, so that's the whole whole idea of. Um, uh, this um, I don't see that a winery can survive on the on selling these bottles. Uh, this is like uh, marketing or um, uh, putting your product in front of many people. Uh, so yeah, uh, this is um, like promotion uh, of our wines. Well, I guess we should start tasting through some more of these. Uh, Michael, which is the next one you wanted to go to? Well, I think we're going to go to the 2000 and I got to get the year off the uh, off the. They're all 2017 except the Syrah. No, there's a couple of 18s here too. Oh, I, but, but anyway. I thought, I thought we were the ones that were picked out aside. Oh, that's right. So the uh, 17 Arena is what we are which we are going with. And I think that's that's always a delicious wine. And of course, it's it's uh, as I said, it's ten in the morning, so uh, we are doing more spitting than we do at at five in the evening. You, you know, you, I ask you at nine thirty uh, because I never spit wine. Did I tell you that? <laughs> no, but uh, now we know a little bit something more about you. Yeah, yeah, but just just out of respect to the wine, uh, I never spit, and I'm swallowing everything. So. I, See, out of respect for my liver, I do have to spit wine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is a 47% Merlot, 26% Cab Sauve, 20% Cab Franc, five, uh, 7% Malbec, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, that's, that's what yeah, I know. That's, that's correct. Yeah. So, Arina, uh, after uh, 2000, uh, starting with 2016 vintage, uh, we turn Arena blend uh, into a Merlot dominant blend, uh, like half half uh, Merlot and uh, the other half is three varieties. Uh, every year that, that proportion changes with our um, tastings and uh, blending decisions. Uh, the next year's Arena's 18 Arena has 75% Merlot in it. So we, we jumped uh, the Merlot a lot. Onto that, and with its eighteen, uh, this is aged twelve months in uh, French and a little bit of American oak. But the eighteen uh, vintage, we almost uh, aged all eighteen resin at least twenty-four months, including the Arena, uh, because uh, we had more barrels uh, from a recent purchase. Uh, like we have now 220 barrels, uh, so we can age everything two years easily uh, uh, without uh, needing any new barrel. And, uh, you know, the sales are slower, uh, so we don't want to bottle too many wine. Uh, so if we can make a better wine with aging longer, and never let's go for it. 
So we decided uh, onto that. And uh, the next wine we're going to taste is 18 Syrah, uh, aged 26 months. Uh, we never aged Syrah uh, this long uh, before. So uh, maybe pandemic if had, had a, just a few uh, positive things <laughs> that would be increasing our wine quality, like aging and caring more of uh, our wines. Well, you're, Adnan, you're talking about the amount of time in barrel and the number of barrels that you have, but how much of this is uh, new barrels versus second and third fill barrels? Or is it, you're not yep. using uh, So, you know, as, as a new winery, we started with like 100% new uh, barrel first year and second year 50-60%. Now, I, I feel that I am where uh, I want to be uh, after uh, seven, uh, seven years of uh, operation. So we are. Uh, what I want is about uh, twenty-five to thirty percent new oak uh, every year, and uh, another twenty-five percent one year, another twenty-five percent two years, another the remaining one uh, three years or four years old, uh, going into neutral, and retire everything after the fourth year, uh, and sell in the secondary market or whatever you want to do and put in 25% new uh, uh, oak every year. So that's what I want to achieve. And we are almost there uh, with our barrel program. And uh, yeah, uh, so especially in Pinot Noir with our, um, you know, Peter Gamble is our consultant and he's always a a big supporter of less new oak in Pinot Noir. and uh, we are going into that direction more and more every year. And even uh, with his push, we tried some um, wild fermentation with Pinot Noir uh, last year. And that's our uh, favorite lot so far. Maybe we'll see more uh, wild fermentation at ice cellars in the future. So I'm, I, you mentioned the Syrah, so I thought I would I would jump right into it because uh, when we first started, uh, before we, we turned the mics on, you said that the 18 Syrah was was brand new just in bottle. Um, yeah, three, three weeks ago. Yeah, we bottled so I'm also noticing that it's actually not your own vineyard. Are you are you planting Syrah or are you going to just keep buying it from, from elsewhere? Yeah, uh, so far we didn't uh, have Syrah in our plant, but always eyed uh, to do that. But I, I saw, uh, I was going to plant 10 years ago, Syrah, uh, but I saw my next uh, uh, winery had uh, suffered with Syrah plantings, almost 50% dead in the winter kills of 14 and 15. So I refrained from planting until uh, 2019. Uh, and we planted a six-acre block of uh, our own Syrah uh, 2019. And I'm guessing I'm going to get the first crop this year, uh, if everything goes well, a very small, um, it's three years old now, very tiny crop, maybe a ton, a ton and a half. And, but uh, we made uh, Sira every year, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, all per- with purchased grapes uh, from Wismer. This one is, uh, again, from Wismer vineyard, but this time from their uh, another vineyard. The earlier one was from Edgerak. This is from um, their um, park vineyard uh, on uh, on the bench. Uh, and 
if you notice the alcohol, have you checked the alcohol? I have not. No. 14.6 on it. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible, right? And 18 was not a super hot year. And <clears throat> But I mean, lost... that's one thing that I, I think if we were to think about iSellers and, and the wines that you're making, Adnan, is you really do like to let the fruit hang and you like to let those uh, sugars and the fruit ripen maybe a little bit longer than most other wineries in the region, even for the Niagara-on-the-Lake where you guys are located. Yeah, uh, so uh, that's correct. And uh, that's completely based on the style that I personally like on my wine. I like thicker, bigger, bolder wines, uh, ripened from ripened fruits. I'm not trying to imitate any region or any winery on that. So I just want to, uh, I follow the birds and they eat on the best uh, ripening uh, time. So they never eat the grapes and uh, unripened grapes. So they always wait uh, for the fully ripened grapes. So I'm waiting until the last uh, possible minute to, to pick my grapes. Uh, and we broke several records, I think, and capsule on my vineyard uh, uh, 2019, we picked on December 7th, our regular capsule, uh, about three weeks after uh, official ice wine picking day uh, that year. Uh, so, uh, and, um, you know, if you, after the all the leaves gone, the, uh, there is no uh, anything going uh, from the sun to the grapes. But I, I feel that there's uh, still uh, going on some ripeness in the fruit and uh, and also uh, the drying of the grapes on the wine, like a passimento on the wine, if you call it. Uh, so you're losing about half to 1% every day uh, on the wine volume, the liquid volume, but mm-hmm. uh, you're just intensifying the flavor and the color of the wine. If you are after quality, you're going to get less wine of sugar. Of course, but your uh, your wines are like, uh, and uh, I'm not specifically after high alcohol wines, but I'm after uh, full brown seeds, uh, uh, no greenness in the uh, in the wine. Uh, so that's uh, that's our style at Ice Cellars. Um, any wine, not only on big reds, also on uh, Pinot Noir. So you have a really nice Syrah here, uh, Adnan. I think uh, I really liked it. It it had lovely notes that were, first of all, it was silky, it had peppery. Uh, you got some really great raspberry, strawberry, fruit. You got a smokiness, but you've got a finish that seems to go on and on and on. Andre, I don't know if you've tried it yet, but uh, um, I saw 2018 on the label, and I was like, I, I want to try that because he said it was, was new. And uh, so a, a nice job on that one. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, yeah, um, especially those big reds like the long ripening here in, in our climate uh, here. And uh, I'm happy with this style. And uh, so far, I, if, uh, from the feedbacks I'm getting from the customers or uh, buyers, that's, uh, they're, they're very much loving our style here uh, with that. And we're going to continue with uh, our own Syrah in this style. And I'm I have a feeling that uh, our own estate Syrah will be even better uh, with our full control of farming and uh, yield control and uh, constant caring of the vineyard. Uh, so, uh, and uh, 
starting not this year but next year uh, maybe you know that i planted also five rows of viognier and uh, we're going to put viognier into our syrah and to the fermentation so yeah, it's really exciting to hear. Well, and I mean, it's really interesting that we talked about the the style. And I think anyone who's had Icellar's wines, you picture these big, muscular, you know, red wines, the Rihanna Wanda, the Arena Cabernet Sauvignon, which I, I know you're, you have a soft spot in your heart for. But this Syrah, even though it does have quite a bit of complexity, it really is quite elegant on the on the edges. I know you said that this should take a little bit more time. Even if this is bottle shocked, if anything, it'll become more elegant even from the the onset. And while it still does have some aging potential, uh, like the tannin is very soft and well integrated to it, it's it's a, it's a bit of a departure from what I expect from the winery. I would agree with that. Yep, and the vineyard changed uh, from Edgerock to Park Vineyard, which I believe Park Vineyard is a better vineyard of Wismar uh, than the other one. Uh, and the next change will be to Ice Cellars uh, Vineyard uh, starting from uh, 2021. And uh, so hopefully we're going to make a better Syrah with some Viognier uh, support in it, like 3-4% Viognier uh, into that. Uh, we don't have enough, uh, just five rows of it, enough uh, to make a single Viognier. Uh, I think that will all go into the Syrah. Never say never, Adnan. Never say never. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the interesting thing about Syrah is, um, um, I mean, we've had a relatively mild winter this year, but I know Syrah is one that's a little bit more temperamental when it comes to uh, yeah. the, yeah, the cold that's weather. That's my nightmare, Andre. Uh, I'm still, t- I'm going to put wind machines on, on those new blocks, but uh, still, uh, if we see another winter like 14 or 15 or back to back those two uh, we have to think about other protection ways like geo, geo fabrics or uh, i don't know uh, sira is very very um, uh, temperamental i think is the word yeah temperamental yeah so i i also saw in the box there was another 18 which was a cab stove i know we didn't uh we didn't put it on the list andre but uh i'm well, gonna assume that the over... 18 is also brand new is yeah it but not? you skipped that, over the 2017 reserve cab stove that we'd said that we were i i know but i thought i would go with the 18 because yeah, it's not I... not the reserve so far yeah i will follow you guys if you want to go with 18 cap so uh i would uh, that's an another new bottling about uh six weeks ago we did another uh 24 months uh mm-hmm. bottling if you want to go to that uh I'm completely okay with that. Yeah, let's bounce ahead. Because 2018 was sort of the reverse of 2017, where 2017 was cold and crappy with a hot fall. 2018 was hot and sunny with a crap with a crap fall yeah, instead of yeah, the, the nice yeah. fall. Uh, yeah, 18 was not the best vintage. And uh, even you can uh, see the color. Uh, all uh, wines colors are uh, lighter uh, in 18 uh, because of the ending of the season and uh, after two years it was like uh, this cereal was like Pinot Noir and uh, at the end of the aging barrel aging and uh, after two years it turned to much darker uh, Syrah uh, so I, I, I would say the 18 red wine colors are the lightest I have ever seen uh, I think it's uh, 
completely based on the growing conditions uh, of that year. I, I would so taste, tasting the eighteen, uh, Andre. Sorry, I didn't mean to to throw a, a monkey wrench into into this podcast because I know we hadn't talked about tasting the eighteen, but I thought after tasting the the Syrah, I'd like to also taste the eighteen cab before going to the to the big big red of the of the reserve cab. Uh, this cab here, the eighteen Cabernet Sauvignon from the Isel Vineyard, I find it very approachable right now. Really? Which, yeah. Usually, you know, the uh, the cabs uh, from eye sellers need some time, but this one I found very, very, very friendly. Lots uh, of. But I think forward. it's de- I think it's deceptive because I, I take I took took my first sip and I got that like that soft, elegant integrated tannin like we did from the the Syrah. But I mean, after I'm letting it sit in my mouth and listening to you talk, that tannin is starting to fuzz up in my cheeks. Like there it is. Like. Not in the high part of my cheeks, like up, like at the back towards the lower part of my cheeks. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that's not there, but what I'm saying is compared to the 16, the 15, and the 17, just the straight cabs, this one is much more, oh, totally, you know, bring totally. it to the table, pour it into the glass, probably ready in half an hour, whereas the other ones are probably still aging quite nicely in in a wine cellar and will for a a good decade yeah this this isn't kicking you in the face this isn't kicking you in the face with tannin like the it's 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 definitely got some approachability to it yes that's what i'm saying adam you were about to say something about it yeah uh, can we say that's the smoothness or uh, approachability is because of the extra barrel aging can we say that it could be the extra barrel aging i would say the vintage probably gives it a little more approachability too uh, but yeah, sure. A lot of barrel aging will smooth that sucker right out. But um, I liked I liked your other I like this version because you can you can as I said bring it to the table and pour it right now. Whereas the other ones were big ballsy wines that you know you'd be conf- committing infanticide by by pouring them at at you know mm. this time. Let's say in its in its lifespan, which would be at two years or something. Yeah, uh, barrel aging. I think. Because it's uh, still uh, oxygen permeable in barrels, uh, this extra twelve months of barrel aging, uh, the big wines like this, I think is equal to maybe four or five years of bottle aging the same wine if you were to bottle that after a shorter uh, barrel aging. Would you agree with that? I would. Yes, I would. I would say that you you have a, uh, extended or 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 sped up the aging process that would have taken me at home uh five to six years you have you know uh made it easier for me to be uh drinking this wine earlier and i think that's that's great uh for those who want to experience i sellers wines sooner rather than you know uh pouring something that is just way too way too young uh, and, and Andre, I, hopefully you agree with me on that one. Or you've, have you have you been so blown away that you've fallen off your chair? No, just uh, just sitting here and uh, yeah, no, I, you're, you're right. You're right. I, I don't have anything else to add <laughs> to that. <laughs> well, Andre, I uh, I know that uh, you have to get to work soon, so uh, that's the that's going to be our problem with uh, with recording in the morning. Uh, we got Adnan out of bed on a on a on a snow day, so Adnan, we'd like to thank you for being with us today. 
Thank you very much, guys. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the next time that we can uh, taste face to face. And um, I mean, th- this is definitely a great way to to get people into some other wines. I um, I know I'll have to uh, get in touch with you to uh, get some of that Pinot. Um, it's really impressive. Continuing the uh, continuing the string of really great uh, well Pinots and Chardonnays from 2017, but I know across the board. The wines are good. Uh, I'm sure I'll be working on some tasting notes for the rest of the stuff in this in this package. But what a great way to help bring the um, the winery tasting experience home with people. Um, I, I really yeah. think it's been interesting to see how people have found a way to pivot and survive um, during COVID. So you know, at the very least, congratulations on on your ingenuity. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I really do enjoy uh, tasting with Adnan, and I think watching how businesses and wineries and the hospitality industry as a whole has been struggling during the pandemic to see uh, ingenuity persevere is really inspiring. Andre, the only thing I miss about, uh, about tasting with Adnan, it was great to do it over, over, you know, zoom or Skype or I know what you missed. I know what you missed. I know what you missed. And um, hang on is obviously Simba. Okay, I, I knew. Okay, that's, as long Which as that's real. Yeah, so yeah, okay. here's what I here's what I'm going to suggest to Adnan right now is maybe send along with each box, send a puppy, <laughs> or 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 maybe a picture of Simba because that would just make you happy too, or a video. You know, put it on a a little uh, uh, a little USB stick and people can put it on their television <laughs> while they're tasting the wine, and you get the Simba experience along with the wine. I really liked the experience, and and he's done a great job with the packaging. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, I'm jonesing for some of those wines. And I, I mean, I'm taking a look at the at at the list of wines that we got to taste. Uh, naturally, the Bordeaux varieties were very tasty, as we would expect from ice sellers. But I really think it's that Pinot that I need to get my hands on. Oh, the Pinot is really good. It's I think it's his best Pinot to date. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that hands down. Um, so. I guess we should wrap this up. Let's do it. We've uh, we spoke to Adnan. We tasted the wines. We're telling you to, you know, look forward to them, and we're telling you get pictures of Simba while you're tasting. It'll make you even happier. <laughs> Adnan has supported this podcast in the past, and we very much appreciated it. Now it's your turn. Go to Patreon.com/slash Two Guys Talking Wine. Help us keep the lights on. Uh, we know everyone is struggling during the pandemic, but it does take a few dollars for us to keep this on the air. Serving costs, equipment costs, making sure that. Uh, making sure that everything is up to date. So we appreciate it when you do take the time to check out that Patreon page. Uh, And it's now in Canadian dollars, so that's even better. And we do have some nice rewards. I know we haven't really hammered that down, but if you're looking for something to do in the spring, I'm sure Michael and I could line up some new releases from a winery. We are offering a tasting if you do um, a few-month commitment to this podcast. Um, I forget how much it costs, but Michael and I are not expensive. I mean, no, we, we go no, for pretty cheap. cheap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Andre Prue from AndreWineReview.ca on social media at Andre Wine Review. I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com on social media as The Grape Guy or Michael Pincus. You can find me in all kinds of places that way. I'm not hard to find either. Uh, we are recording these in the morning now. But it still uh, just so sounds I don't weird, I really man. know what to say, Andre. Good morning, good evening, but let's go with good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. 
This episode of Two Guys Talking Wine was produced by Jim Ray and Adam Duran.